Welcome to episode 223 of The Digital Life, a show about our insights into the future of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Niemeyer. Greetings, listeners. For our podcast this week, we're honored to chat about AI and music with our special guest, Pierre Barreau, CEO of IVA. Iva is an AI composer that creates musical pieces used as soundtracks for film, advertising, and even games. Iva is the first virtual, virtual artist to be recognized by an author's rights society. And in fact, the music that you heard for the show intro today was composed by Iva. Pierre, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So let's jump right into it. What's the origin of Iva? How did you approach uh, creating an AI musical composer? How did, how did Iva come to be, Pierre? Right. So, um, I mean, I saw this uh, science fiction movie, Her, um, with uh, Scarlett Johansson. And in, in this movie, there is a, an AI that composed a beautiful piece of, of music, of, of piano, for a moment that uh, the AI is sharing with her companion. Uh, and that, that particular moment really uh, struck a chord with me because I originally come from a family of artists. I mean, my father was a film and music producer and my mother is a singer. Uh, but at the same time, I studied computer science at university. So I really got the passion for both domains. And, and seeing that on screen with a, a story was really powerful. So I then decided, you know, what would happen if that was actually real, if uh, an AI could actually compose a beautiful piece of piano. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much how I started my, my journey and, and uh, how our team started the journey into AI generating music. So are you uh, a coder as well? You know, when you saw the film, did you just like rush to the computer and start coding or, or how did the team come together? How did you create this organization? So it was it was more of a, um, a long process. First, like um, more asking yourself uh, questions about, you know, what are the implications of, of such a, uh, a technology if, if it exists? And how we, can we make sure that uh, we use it to benefit uh, composer and not replace them? Uh, so that was first of the initial thoughts that I got. Um, and then, yeah, I assembled my, my, uh, my team with uh, uh, people who are my friends are interested in the same, in the same topics of, of music. Uh, I mean, everybody at, at IVA is actually a musician. So that's, that's pretty much how we uh, you know, got together, really because of this passion for both technology and music. Oh wow! So, so your entire team is is uh, are, are musicians as, as well. I don't know if I would have would have guessed that that uh, that a group of musicians would be creating this sort of next gen AI tool, which you know, frankly, could be a little bit frightening if if you're a musician and and like you said earlier, you know, you think you might be replaced. Um, but clearly, that um, you guys are okay with that, and you don't see. Uh, Iva as a uh, musician replacement. I mean, that's really what we're uh, selling to to people in general, uh, to clients, but also to to the to the public. You know, we're we're doing this uh, knowing that there are some concerns about about AI being used for creative arts, but at the same time, we as musicians, uh, we think that uh, the power of AI can really enhance uh, human abilities to do completely new things that could have never been done before with regular, you know, man-powered work, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that does. So, so let's let's dig into the uh, the service a little bit in into Iva. How how does 
the AI compose music? What what's the interplay between uh, input from human beings and and machine learning? Right. So basically, Iva works mo- like most uh, deep learning algorithm out there. Uh, it learns from fifteen thousand pieces of classical music, so music written by Mozart, Beethoven, Bach, and then um, it basically picks up some features of music. Uh, and creates a, a mathematical model, which is basically a definition of what music is to the, this algorithm. And then using this mathematical model, it can uh, recreate totally unique content. The idea in the beginning was to uh, create an AI that composed themes really quickly. So compelling themes that you hear you know, uh, in content like video games or films. And uh, basically the AI starts by composing for piano, fully fledged uh, polyphonic compositions. And then uh, we work with humans. Humans have an input in uh, transcribing this piano work into a work for full orchestra. So there's still really this, uh, this influence that humans, uh, humans have, but at the same time, you get the benefit of uh, you know, AI composing themes extremely quickly for our clients. So you've done some, uh, some Turing tests with Iva's music. What were the results of those and, and how did you stage those tests? Those were really interesting, actually, because we did it at the very beginning once we, we got a, a working prototype. Uh, basically, we showed uh, the piano compositions to, to a professional artists uh, without telling them uh, who composed the music. And they weren't able to say, you know, this, this was a weird or uh, machine-made uh, composition. So it definitely passed the test. And it's really interesting because if you, for example, if you ask someone to see if there's something uh, wrong about a composition of an AI. If they, if they know it's an AI that composed the music, they will probably find something that is, uh, that is wrong, or at least think the, the, the thing that they're looking for is, is wrong. But actually, in most cases, you know, it might just be bias, human bias, uh, because it's hard to relate to something that does not exist as a, as a being that has emotions. So yeah, the, the, the music Turing test was successful when people... Uh, you know, obviously, uh, were professionals and uh, and didn't know that the AI uh, composed the music. That's completely fascinating. So, did you, after the test, did you reveal to them to to the professionals which was which, and and if you did, what what was their reaction? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we we did reveal it, and their reaction was they were you know pretty much blown away. And the interesting thing is that then you know. From from this start, you get a much more positive conversation about uh, about what AI can do for music. If you start by just showing a, a composer uh, music uh, composed by an AI, uh, and they know it's composed by an AI, then it, the conversation might start on a more negative note, and uh, and it's harder to to sort of exchange uh, uh, feedback and and point of views. Uh, but here we were able to actually start um, very meaningful conversations about how we can make this technology work for. Not just you know, not just us as a company, but for everybody uh, eventually, because that's our vision. You know, creating music for, or at least creating tools for everybody to interact with. So make that concrete. So pretend that I am a composer and you're selling to me. I mean, how? What? What is the the real language you use when you're you know trying to convince me that that what you're offering is something that I should um, desire and find exciting instead of be afraid of? Right. So uh, composer's block is probably. Uh, uh, one of the most dreadful thing when you're when you're a composer staring at a blank sheet of paper uh, starting from uh, from nothing and 
essentially what AI can do is uh, bring in some ideas to the table. Um, and then you take th those existing ideas and you have to, to know that humans are very good at taking an existing idea and then building on it. Um, so as, as a composer, you can use these themes created by the AI to, uh, you know, shape your, your next uh, composition. And that's actually a pretty powerful thing because if you think about it, uh, humans as composers are generally very, uh, I mean, they're stuck in a local minima. They do what they do best and that's great, but sometimes, uh, you know, they don't go out there doing uh, some uh, completely different thing or creating a, uh, a music that is in the style that they're not used to. And AI can enable those things uh, because they give you the, uh, the ideas that, that you would have never thought of uh, by yourself. And I think, I think that's really where the, the power of AI lies for uh, individuals. You have AI doing the, all the dirty work of coming up with something, and then you as a human use something to build something even better. That's cool. I mean, AI as sort of an augmentation to human creativity makes a lot of sense. But um, inevitably, the next step or an eventual step would be the AI just taking over as the composer, right? I mean, isn't down the road away, isn't that sort of inevitable? Or do you think not really? So it's a really interesting question. I think it's not going to happen because, uh, for example, if, you, um, if you're around a campfire with your friends and you're uh, singing a song, someone is uh, jamming on the, on the guitar, you know, maybe the person playing the guitar will most probably not play as well as the uh, original recording of the song. Uh, so if you wanted a better listening experience, you would probably go and uh, pick up your headphones and, and hear the, the, the actual recording. But actually you enjoy hearing the, the person play the music because you know, the, it, there, is, there is a social aspect. So it's not just um, creating music um, for you know, quality, it's also because it's social, uh, it's fun, and, uh, and it's collaborative. And also, you know, if you, if you think about modern music, we're heading towards, uh, towards music that is not just composed, but also it's, it's more um, about sounds and composition. Classical music, you know, the recognition is on the composer. If you have two different orchestras playing the same uh, classical piece, it will probably sound different but not so much yeah. whether uh, if you if you look at a uh, a famous rock band uh, playing their their tune you will recognize the, the singer's voice uh the the way that the guitarist uh you know um has the his guitar sound and etc if you have someone uh the same uh, an amateur uh guitarist playing that that same guitar tune for example it, you will hear the difference so the, the the emphasis is more on sound with modern music and i think sound is a lot harder to crack uh, the, the problem is a lot harder to crack uh, for AIs because it's it's so much more uh, computationally expensive, um, and also it's not as um, as meaningful meaningful to to solve this problem. I would say your point about human interaction makes a lot of sense. But what what do you do? You have a theory of what that looks like? Like just quickly, as as I was listening to you talk about it, I'm imagining, okay, sure, you know, in sort of social non professional contexts um you know people are composing and sharing and performing music but um the ai has taken over providing music for movies providing music for ads providing music for sort of professional paid contexts because it can do it um cheaper with a wider variety of 
of outputs. Is that um, is sort of my coming to that conclusion wrong minded or could it sort of break out in that, you know, paid professional versus sort of amateur enjoyment context? So there's also the, the, the case where you, you know, for example, you, this is a little bit off topic, but when you go to a, a concert, so I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't say that music is uh, uh, made by humans in the future is just going to be just going to be about uh, social interactions with your friends. But also, if you go to a concert, you want to see a performance. It's not just about music; it's about connecting with an individual on stage. And I think uh, AI is very, very, very far away from replacing that. Uh, and I, I think it will, it will probably never replace that. Um, but regarding uh, AI composing all entertainment content, it's possible that you know someone come in and and create all the music for. All, uh, all content out there, but what we are focusing on as a company is solving use cases that humans cannot. Uh, for example, if you take a, a video game, um, these these days, big video games have hundreds of hours of, of uh, content, yeah, but only two hours of music. And if you think about it, that's pretty crazy because it means you hear the the same music fifty times over. Uh, 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 if you're yeah. a game, sometimes you actually mute the music and put mm-hmm. your own. Um, so I think AI is really about solving those things that cannot be solved by humans. And that's really where the, the, the value of, uh, what we're trying to create, uh, is. Oh, that's great. So, uh, tell us about your plans for IVA's future. Um, you've started with the classical style and, and now you're going to branch out, uh, I assume in, into other styles. How, how do you... How do you see that happening, or is that on your is that on your roadmap? Absolutely. Actually, we are uh, working on right now uh, training algorithms on more modern music. Um, but in terms of uh, technical milestones, uh, I would say we're more focused on um, getting some uh, so some feedback from the artificial intelligence. So right now, all the work we do, you know, if we want to um, evaluate a model that we created. We need to do that by just listening to samples composed by the AI. And that's very tiresome and that's not very relevant because, you know, quality is very subjective. Um, you know, one person might hear something and they, they will say it's good. Another person will say, well, it's bad. So, yeah, it's very subjective. And we're trying to essentially create a, a musical ear, uh, a qualitative metric uh, for, for the, the composition's quality created by the AI. And, and that will allow us to to do a lot more interesting things, like having control over, um, you know, what happens if if you get feedback from a human saying, "Oh, I like this, uh, I like this music, I like how this is going," and then the 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 music can fit more uh, following the the user's taste. So that's that's pretty much what we're focusing on right now. You mentioned this a little bit in in uh, some of your earlier answers, but you know, as you see AI tools like Iva evolving with uh, you know, with human musicians, how, how do you see the, the, the future of music shaping up in the next, say, five years, you know, five years or so? Uh, clearly, there's going to be uh, collaboration between man and machine, and, and there always has been in, in music, but, but given the power of these, these new AI tools, what, um, uh, what do you see happening, Pierre? Right, so... I think that uh, as a first step, you'll see people, for example, who are uh, vocalists, uh, they need uh, someone to compose their, uh, uh, their tune uh, because they don't play an instrument, maybe they just uh, sing. 
Um, and these people will use you know, AI to complement uh, themselves and they will help them get started uh, because if you don't have money to hire uh, someone to compose your tune, uh, then it's, you know, it's probably tough to, to get started. Um, or likewise, if you're, if you're uh, playing the, the piano, but then you would like to, to play with uh, an orchestra and you don't have the, the, the money or, or the, you, know, you don't have a local orchestra playing uh, nearby you, you can do that from, uh, from your bedroom. I think AI in the same way that um, software, uh, music notation software, digital audio workstations have enabled music to everybody, I think uh, AI will take that a step further. That seems to me to be the uh, uh, sort of the good next steps. I mean, I I'm a musician myself, and I use a lot of uh, uh, software tools to help uh, to create music. And I could definitely see how AI could enhance the use of uh, the use of those tools. So I can either you know have better accompaniment, as 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 you said, or uh, you know, perhaps, uh, better choices when it comes to, uh, to the things I'm composing. I, I, I wonder there, there is some controversy over, um, and, and perhaps there always will be over people who are using, uh, software to create their music versus, uh, you know, uh, quote, uh, learning the, uh, the, the acoustical, uh, instruments, whether that be, you know, piano or guitar or what have you. Um, do you see, uh, you know, in that controversy, how, how do you see that playing out or, or does it even matter anymore? Is it, are they all just tools for creating music and, and, uh, um, that's, that's the totality of the story. I mean, it's, it's a very good question and I don't think I, you know, I, I can uh, give a, an answer that will satisfy everybody. But if you think about what virtual instruments have, have allowed people, I mean, you know, if, if you don't have money to hire an orchestra to record your music, uh, nowadays you can be a, a kid with a laptop and, and create an orchestral score and hear what you just did. And that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, people, when, then when those virtual instruments uh, first came about, they were not very good. Uh, but they, they were still, they still had some potential. And a lot of people actually said, well, that's, that's just going to kill off the, uh, the real thing. It's not good. Uh, it's, it's just, it's not solving any problem. And I think, you know, it's, it's normal to have uh, resistance um, when something this big comes along, because uh, even, even us, you know, we're still uh, trying to, to figure some things out. I mean, we have a core vision uh, to go towards uh, personalization of music, uh, as I said, for video games or for these interactive contents, um, or even for users. But, but I think, uh, you know, it, these kind of, uh, huge shifts and take time to, uh, to sort of, um, get understood by everybody. And people also need to understand the technology behind, they need to understand that if you're, if you're a programmer behind those technology, there's some part of, uh, you know, creativity involved in, in creating those, those tools as well. Um, so yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, uh, certainly a good answer. Uh, one one more question as as uh, as we wind up, I I I was interested in the, in the reaction to Iva's uh, first um, first uh, album, I guess uh, uh, you'd call it uh, Genesis. How is that? I, I noticed on SoundCloud you're getting. Uh, lots of people listening to it. What what has the reaction been? Do you have another album that's coming? What what are the what are the plans and and uh, and how has it been received? 
So <laughs> the, uh, the feedback is pretty, um, it's either, I would say it's either uh, super in favor of what we're doing. And I think a lot of people actually are very positive about this and supportive, uh, or it's completely uh, uh, against us. Um, okay. Sometimes it does lead to very interesting conversations. Um, but I think like every, every other things that, um, you know, anybody would do if, if they're trying to disrupt something, there's always going to be the, the pros and cons. Um, so yeah, the, the, I would say the feedback so far has been, has been pretty good overall, even though there's always, you know, um, people who are against it and that's fine because, you know, maybe, uh, myself as a musician, if I was not doing this, uh, maybe I would be uh, very skeptical about it. So, um, I think that's, you know, people are raising questions which are fair. Um, and regarding the, um, the second album, yeah, we actually, for now, we're focusing more on uh, delivering music to, to our clients. Uh, and we're building up, a, a, you know, a list of, uh, extensive list of music. Uh, but I think eventually we will release a, a second album. Uh, but first we want to have this big sort of, uh, um, improvement of the technology in order to do that. I think that would be a uh, really relevant just to see the, the contrast between the, the first album and the second album. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that does. So if, if our listeners today are interested in learning more about Iva or, uh, getting in touch with you, what's, what's the best way for them to do that? So they can do, uh, everything uh, on the website. Um, uh, they can listen to the music. They can watch uh, some of the videos we, uh, we scored, uh, and they can reach out, uh, with uh, the the contact form, um, we reply to most uh, uh, most requests. So yeah, they can reach out on the iva.ai website. Terrific. So listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things that we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to the digitallife.com. That's just one L in the digital life, and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody, so it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening, or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. You can find The Digital Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and Google Play. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter, at John Follett, that's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at goinvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk? You can follow me on Twitter at dnemeyer. That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. Pierre, how about you? Um, yeah, you can uh, go on the website, ava.ai. Terrific. So that's it for episode 223 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.